has been Australia's best first week of the Olympic Games ever, ever. And it includes the efforts of the Lion, then, well, should I say, and that includes all the efforts of the Lion of Athens in 1896. I mean, count those nuggets, 10 gold, 3 silver, we could boost the silvers if we wanted to, and 14 bronze. Yesterday was a Super Saturday and we don't have time to really acknowledge the complete range of Aussie success. Sadly, now Australia, welcome to Tokyo, where the shower on the top of the system is golden and none more so than yesterday. H.G. Nelson opening the dig on the dodge for another day of Olympic action. Welcome to week nine of the competition, a day traditionally set aside to acknowledge the contribution of journalists, newsreaders, reporters, weather presenters, forecast high in Tokyo today, 33 degrees, op-ed writers and think piece jockeys who have let the world know what they think about the Tokyo Games. They've done an incredible job bringing the sights and sounds, the heat and the humidity, the pains and pranks of the Games to a pandemic-blighted world. His Excellency Juan Antonio Coates is given this lot nothing. No tickets, no free trips, no head of the queue special treatment. He said to me exclusively for dodging Armageddon, I'm just giving them a big dump and they can like it or lump it. His words, not mine. In the results column, Spain pipped San Marino for gold in the mixed trap. Uh, the team of Prilly and Bertie had to settle for silver. Dodge listeners know uh, my adopted country here at these games is San Marino and I'm loving everything they've brought to the shooting table. Bang, bang. Uh, I have to report this, and this grieves me to report this, but women's, women's New Zealand rugby have taken out the gold in the sevens. You can hear the voice breaking up here. I mean, that was a shock. I mean, I had that, I had that one in the hip pocket for the Aussies. Anyway, in the New Zealand medal tally, because of that, wait for it. Are you sitting down? Four, three, three. That makes sobering and challenging reading this morning, doesn't it? When you see it set out like that, do it yourself. Put the numbers down. Four, three, three. One more and we'd be really in trouble. That, uh, you know, it's a far, you know, can I just sum it up by saying it's far too close for comfort? Uh, incidentally, brilliant post-win uh, interview by the BBC with Ruby Tui, the uh, New Zealand um, uh, Sevens player. It's just probably the best sport interview I've ever seen. Uh, now, in sad news, the Golden Slam has melted like a block of old gold fruit and nut in the Tokyo sun. It's just a mess. Novak loses and then really loses and then goes out and really loses again. When asked to play for bronze, he goes silly as only he can. Not a good look. You know, he's a professional tennis player. I understand. I understand the problem. You know, he'll never get that chance again. He won't be able to do the Golden Slam because he, obviously I can't see him being there in L.A., but maybe he can. But, uh, you know, this is not a good look. I mean, role models. I mean, what are kids thinking? I bet you there's a lot of busted rackets today across courts, right across Australia. They think if it's good enough for Novak, it's good enough for me. Whack! Remember the old rule, if you smash your record, finish the set with it. 
uh, that had soon sought about. Incidentally, in my uh, blog yesterday, I put up 450,000 words, as I usually do, uh, blog Green and Gold Glory, uh, after a think piece yesterday on Ariana Titmus and uh, the, how tough she is in relationship and compare and contrast rugby league players, the general thrust of the article is who is tougher. The Dodge today asked, which is the toughest Olympic sport? And many will be surprised at the results of our poll. Get involved when we throw it in the phone lines. A monster day of competition ahead right across Olympic Central and down the deep end. It's another incredible day of action. An incredible day of action. One of our swimmers could become uh, the most successful Australian Olympian in, uh, well, this morning. Fingers crossed. But now let's not go to, well, also I'm just choked up by that as an idea. Let's not forget the uh, tilt of the ballet dancing plumber from Melbourne, Harry Garside, who's still in there, still swinging, and he's got his Swan Lakers dry powder. This bloke can change a tap washer with the gloves on. Elsewhere, obviously, our team's going very well. And now let's free from the leash on day day nine, a man who leaves... Everything out there whenever he pulls on the green and gold to represent this great nation. That shirt with the kangaroo and the emu above the heart. He's often in a hopeless position on the turn in lap two, going out of the straight for the second time. And he remembers the jump of the kangaroo and the blistering pace of the emu and somehow finds it in his heart to bring it home first. That man on the move is rampaging Roy Slavin. What highlights have you caught your eye overnight? Shintaro! Yes, uh, konnichiwa, Ishi-san. Konnichiwa. Uh, Australia-san, and the word is here in Tokyo uh, that the Olympics is more popular in Australia than in any other country, and why wouldn't it be? <laughs> eh? Why wouldn't it be? This has been, as you pointed out, HG, an extraordinary Games for Australia, uh, and a, 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 a significant proportion of Australians locked in their lounge rooms, stuck in their lounge rooms all over the country, there's this hope. They go to the crystal bucket in the corner of the room and what do they see? They see hope. Uh, And ads. And ads and hope. And things they can buy. And and ads and and, and hope and glory. And green and gold. Our most successful week in Olympic history, as, as you pointed out, I saw His Lord Highness... And uh, last night, uh, I think it must have been after you were speaking to him, and he just said to me, well, we're doing something right, aren't we? And I thought, yep, you beauty. We grin from ear to ear, are. though. Big grin from ear to ear. And when he said he was going to give all the journalists the dump, yeah. he should have seen the <laughs> joy in his heart. <laughs> now, uh, the Boomers are in very, very good shape. I like the look of them last night. Very nice win. Very good win over Germany. And Germany are no slouches. I mean, they've no. played before. Yeah. You know, they you can came, see that. Yeah, they came with their basketball heads on. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't good enough. Not good enough for them. Uh, boomers! Go, you boomers. And now well, I bumped into Andrew Hoy, HG, uh-huh. and he was explaining how the dressage, which uh, will be with us this week, and I can't wait for it, uh, is the melding of the minds of the rider and the horse. As simple as that. So your thoughts are as one. Took me a little while to get my head around it, but now I, I sort of understand it. There's a rainbow connection. He said a rainbow connection, not me. So you're sitting on the horse, and your horse, your brain, and the horse's brain are uh, one. They're fused. Are they joined? They're joined. They're joined. Yeah. They're joined, they're joined wires? astrally. <laughs> they're joined astrally, as I understand it. As I understand it, it's a magical thing, right. uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to uh, seeing what the hoy 
brings to us. Now, can the Usain Bolt void be filled? That's oh. what a lot of people have been asking around the village here, you know, whenever I bump into people at the canteen or what have you. That's what they're talking about. 2004. Usain yeah. Was the last time we, well, it was the first Usain time. Usain Bolt. We, we haven't had a Usain Bolt free 100 metres since 2004. Since 2004. I, I know, it's an incredible thing, isn't it? I haven't had a chance to talk with Bruce because he's back in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know Bruce would be filling that void as well. Um However, I think the void could be filled, and I'm looking at an Aussie. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Rowan Browning. What a performance last night! What a performance! Outstanding. Ten point one. And as Bruce said on air, I heard it through the phone against the you know against the TV back in Australia. He said, "We've got one. We've got one. I.e., we've got a champion. We've unearthed a champion." And wow. I had to agree with that. I had to agree. It, it was a, a, astonishing. And, of course, uh, Barty and Piers, not to be overlooked, they brought home bronze uh, in the uh, tennis, the, the mixed doubles. They, they didn't have to do much. As you mentioned, it was just a case of Djokovic uh, saying, oh, well, tennis, I've had it this way. I've done enough. I don't want to play no more. Uh, he said in his, uh, you know, the, in the way he speaks, which... Uh, I find quite offensive, but the less said about that, the better. We know how I feel about Novak Djokovic and his uh, opportunity this year to walk home with the Verstappen medal. More about that later. As uh, many Japanese have been saying to me all week, Roy, Australia, Seiko. Australians love cars. Japan builds cars. End of story. Armageddon on ABC Radio. Now, come to the We've Got One Man. Yes. Do you think Bruce is obsessed by the 100 metres to start with? I think he's obsessed with a lot of things. Uh, well, Winks, obviously. Carl Lewis. Carl. <laughs> you know, who can forget? I mean, <laughs> you've just got to mention Carl Lewis to Bruce and he's away. You know, you can yeah, four leave, hours later. leave the room yeah. and come back in four hours' time and he'll just be getting to, towards some conclusions. <laughs> I only say this because, um, you know, obviously there was... He's that... copped some criticism this week. He, he has, he has. Mm. And uh, I didn't know whether that was a jab at his 100 metres obsession. Yeah. Uh, this was to do with the 10,000 metre runner around Patrick Tiernan, I think, yes. is the runner who... The very bold, brave Aussie. He, he was. He and left everything out there. More than everything out there. Yeah. Serious problem, obviously fell on the last lap. He did. And picked himself up and got himself over he the did. line. He did. And uh, I've never th- been prouder. You know, exactly. I've never been prouder. I've never been prouder. Yeah, it, there it, it was, Anzac. It was, it, writ large. That's it. Yeah, writ large. Yeah. And I had to think now, Bruce has been bagged for this call. I'm yeah. not quite sure what the. Was it Patrick Smith? That, Patrick Smith. That goose who used to write for write one for, of the papers. Yeah. Uh, he called sent- Bruce unprofessional. Yes, I know. I mean, I, what? I, I know. What is there a more professional person in the world than Bruce? I doubt it. Well, what's weird about it is I didn't know what he wanted him to do. Yeah. Go out there and pick him up and carry him over the yeah. line while he's in Melbourne. Well, he wanted to acknowledge him more. He wanted Bruce to acknowledge him more. And as I said, look, it was perfectly clear to me because we were there. We saw what happened. Now, looking at it through Bruce's eyes, Bruce is stuck in a booth in buddy Melbourne. All he could see was... Something happening in the background, yeah, he, but he was focused on the leaders. Understandably, mm-hmm. he's a professional. Win, yeah. He's he's calling the winners. Mm-hmm. He wasn't to know that the uh, the big Aussie whom he'd spoken up during the ten thousand, he'd compared him to Ron Clark. For God's sake, did he? He did. He said he reminded him of Ron Clark, and he reminded me of Ron Clark as well because he's big, sort of taller than everyone. You know, and he he, he looked bit, like an Aussie. He looked. 
looked exactly like an Aussie, and he looked very good up until the last couple lap. of a uh, couple of well, the last well, lap. He, he was, lap he, he was found wanting because he put too much in earlier yeah. to keep up with the Ethiopians and the Kenyans, and fair enough. Mm. But there comes a point when you just can't do it anymore, and he reached that point and he collapsed. But did he just lie down and die? No, he got up. He got up and he struggled. Over the line. I know. We saw know. it, but Bruce wasn't alone Well, because Bruce wasn't here. Well, the other thing is it's a head-on shot. It's hard to get the perspective right. It was right. right in the background of the head-on shot. I've got to be honest here. Bruce is calling off an old Stromberg Carlson black and white. Yeah. And with a dodgy sound, yeah. he couldn't get the atmosphere or anything like I know. that. I mean, you know, it's a miracle that he can get these things. I, as thought, it was, I thought Bruce did an outstanding job. He just, you couldn't blame the bloke for missing it because it was right up the back in the shot. Oh, exactly. We saw it. I know, but we were there. But we were there. Now, you know, this opens up a topic which we need to address, and that mm. is the, what I'm describing as the discussion about the Owen Wright medal. Oh, yeah. Now, Owen Wright, as we know, is the person who's had, he banged Runabouts. his head. Runabouts. Banged yeah. his head on the reef at Pipeline, I think. Yep. And... Destroyed him completely, yep, yep. but he fought his way back. He, he learnt to walk again, learnt to talk again, learnt yep. to drive the car again, learnt to eat again, all yep. those things. Learned that we to surf again. Learnt to surf again yep. and plugged away and came third yes. in the surfing, the bloke surfing yep. the other day. Yep. Now, what we think is that, you know, it's all very well have all these medals connected with war, but we should have some medals connected with athleticism in yes. Australia. Yes. And I'm just wondering if we've got two... Talking points here, yes. Pat Tiernan and the Owen Wright. Well, Pat Tiernan, I think, has earned the Owen Wright medal, hasn't he? <laughs> and I think Owen Wright has earned the Pat Tiernan well, that's medal. Well and observed. I think, I think Bruce deserves both of them. <laughs> right. I was just wondering two things, whether the McAvaney medal sounds too out of place at the moment. No, it doesn't. Uh, no, so it doesn't. it's Owen Wright, first yeah. recipient of the McAvaney medal, yeah. and Patrick Tiernan. Well, uh, perhaps the McAvaney medal should be left specifically for those who put in over and above in the commentating stakes. You know, someone like Hayne. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes, I hadn't thought of that. It might look a little insular, yeah. mightn't it, if Bruce presents Hayne with the McAvaney medal. But, you know, maybe Joanna could... Put yeah, a hand up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe well, the bloke poolside is down, okay. but never well, know. He's certainly not, put in. Look, can I just think about that? Because that, that, I didn't come today thinking No, that I know you didn't. I've got to get my head around it, yeah. to be honest. Now, but then we've got... But it's something... It's a conversation. Got, it's a national conversation, conversation we're going to have. Who the, should get the, the McAvaney medal? Yeah, but then we come to... People are going to say probably Bruce should present himself at the McAvaney medal. Well, well that could happen. <laughs> that's up to Australia. That's up to Australia. Up to Australia television watchers. Yes. Now, can I ask... This leaves a yawning chasm, which was neatly filled until five minutes ago, with Owen Wright and Pat Tiernan, who deserve something. They deserve something, And can I tip this in to a celebration of these games? And I know we've got a week to go. Who knows where this is going to end up? Yeah. But we've got a week to go, welcoming the athletes back home. We've got to start thinking about that. Well, they're going to go into lockdown, aren't they? Yeah, well, I understand that. You mean when they come out of lockdown? When they come out of lockdown. Yeah. Is there going to be a national holiday? Is there going to be parades? I I don't know. I don't know how we celebrate this. I don't know. We've got the pandemic to worry about. I know we're still going to be in lockdown. I mean, do we put them on the back of a tabletop truck and just drive them through the suburbs and people can look out through their windows? Is that it? I, I wouldn't mind that. No. Okay. Okay. Now, this would culminate yes. in the present presentation mm. of... Keys to the city? 
Well, keys to the city, I hadn't thought about that either. Not that you could use them. No, exactly, because it's all locked down. Yeah. You can't go anywhere now if you want to go into buildings like, I suppose, the QVB yeah. or the Strand Arcade or well, something. Well, that's right. But They're the thing all... is, if we don't strike now, you can't do it in six months' time. You can't. No, you've got to keep you've these... You've got to keep you've the got momentum. The... Momentum. Exactly. momentum. <laughs> you've, got to do you've got to keep momentum. Uh, look, we'll be back in a moment or two with more Dodging Armageddon. Dick Pound believes, pound for pound, the most successful Olympic country on earth is Australia. This is Dodging Armageddon on ABC Radio. Now, sticking with the athletics for a minute or two, yeah. the 800 metres, we've got three blokes through to the semis. Is that in a there. first? Yeah, I think that's, I'm almost certain that's a first. There's a revolution happening in it, uh, middle distance running in Australia, isn't I was there? just going to ask that. Yeah. What, what's caused it? What's what, caused it, Why yeah. are we doing so well now? Yeah. Obviously, the major runner, Bowl, is a, of Sudanese background. Yeah. But the other two, uh, yep. I think, are, are you know, uh, Risley and Risley, Hunter. Yeah. Risley and Hunter. Yep. And now, Ralph DeBell was the last finalist, and that's 1968 wow. in the 800 metres. I mean, that's a long pause. It is between. a long time ago, isn't and it? And all of a sudden, we've got three. Wasn't he a great around. champion, Ra- Ralph oh, DeBell? Tremendous. I mean, you talk about Ronnie Clark. Yeah. Ralph DeBell was amazing. Yep, yep. Uh, but, but these three we've got, actually. They'd be aware of the legacy. Oh, they would. They'd be aware of what Ralph Nobel did. Mexico, 68, very disturbing time for the games. Aussies came through, Peter Norman in the athletics, 200 metres. Yep. A record that stood for a very long time, Ralph yep. DeBell and so on, on yep. and on it goes. Yes, yes. Well, now, they can be they, – they, they, they've got a fair chance of being in that same pantheon as Ralph DeBell. I mean, that's uh, astonishing, isn't it, to imagine we've got three coming up this year. Three. In this game, well, three Aussies, eight hundred meters. We've waited so long, yes. and all of a sudden, now it's it's three, a, an it's avalanche. A, an avalanche. <laughs> now, in the um, hundred meters, also, how far do you think um, Rowan you know, can go? Rowan can go. Well, we'll know tonight, won't we? Uh, but he looked very, very good. I tell you what, he's smart. He speaks a little bit of French. Oh, um, that's a plus. Well, I only learnt this through uh, my my Channel Seven app. Uh, whenever they refer to him, uh, they said that he's quite bright, he's studying to be a lawyer, and he speaks a little bit of French. <laughs> now, <laughs> the, a, these are great attributes, I must admit. For a 100-metre runner. For a 100-metre runner, yes. But it means he's got more strings to his bow. Yes, I like that. So if anything goes wrong, he can defend himself. Should it go to court? <laughs> In Paris. <laughs> True. He'll be well ahead. Yeah, a lot of ducks lining up <laughs> monsieur, there. Monsieur, monsieur. Yeah. Now, um, look, I've got to say is that uh, the uh, main threats seem to be very surprised that a bloke in lane eight or lane one, I forget which, yeah, could actually lane beat one, him. Yeah. Lane, lane one could beat him. Yes. Beat him. Yeah. Well, they couldn't believe it. No. Because they didn't see him. They weren't looking for him. They were looking elsewhere. They were looking elsewhere. Three, yeah, four the, five. There were only three people in the world who knew the secret of this bloke, uh, apart from, you know, he's... Being French a lawyer and, and lawyer the, the and French speaking and yeah. you know quite smart and what have you. Three people. That that was you, me, and Bruce. <laughs> Dodging Armageddon presents popular Japanese sayings. Not knowing is Buddha. And if you want to get in touch with us here in Tokyo, for God's sake, do so. Uh, RoyNHG at abc.net.au, RoyNHG at abc.net.au, and the following people have. Yeah, this right. comes from uh, Craig Nurulunga. He says, watching the swimming, I'm confused by one particular ritual. When the swimmers take their marks at the starting block, an official walks up behind them. Given the height of the blocks, the swimmer's date is at head height. 
I'm wondering what is the purpose to this? Are they checking for contraband, for example, hidden floating device or propulsion unit, or just making sure everything is arranged properly downstairs as per FINA regulations? Or is this just a traditional Japanese cultural ceremony? Grateful for an explanation. Yes. Well, marshals have a, an extraordinary job to do. They do. They've got to make sure everything is above board. Yes, that's right. And there's so many things that can well, this can, come can, out I, of can I suggest actually for often for marshals, they don't know what they're looking for, but they know it when they see it. I think you're absolutely right. Look, you were saying that the hand goes out. Yes, some of them the put the hand out. Yeah, to indicate all clear. To indicate all clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's that horn. So they must get the nod from the person looking at the dates behind them. Gives a thumbs up. Hand a hand goes, goes out. Let them go. And then let them go. What I'm amazed by is how quick it is. Yeah. You know, how quick these surveys, these assessments yes. of dates. And, yes. You know, hand goes out, bang, yeah. bang, well, then the water. Well, they've done it before. They're marshals. Yeah, they're experienced. They're very experienced yeah. marshals. That's one they? great thing about yes. the Tokyo Games, how yeah. experienced all the officialdom yeah. is. So on the strength of this, uh, Craig, I'm going to try and speak to a few marshals to mm-hmm. see just what exactly they're looking for. How's your Japanese? Has it improved at all? Oh, yeah. I, I can, you know, get around the Ginza these days. You know, I can get a bite to eat, all of that. Just got a point. Now, um, this comes from uh, Liam. I had the, recently had the pleasure of watching the 1500 metres women's swimming final. Well, enjoyable experience watching uh, two Aussies compete. Something really ticked me off. Ignoring the fact that the commentators, the Mayor of Perth, Lethal Liesl and Thorpey, seemed to be in competition for how many times they could say Katie Ledecky, it seemed that they just ran out of things to talk about. At one point, the Mayor asked Thorpey to give an insight into Ledecky's kick pattern, you know, two, four or six beat, to which Thorpey responded, she's not kicking. She just needs to move her feet to stop her from rolling over if she takes a stroke. This led to a very awkward silence. I know the 1500 was a new event to these Olympics in the women's, so maybe the commentators hadn't planned to fill 15 minutes of air time. Uh, but I had some suggestions of how to fill the time. Uh, with over half the country back here in Australia in lockdown, maybe the commentators could provide the latest COVID numbers of the country of the leading athlete. Well, that's something, isn't it? They could that Basil could have raised, uh, facilities in the city of the athlete. We seem to hear only of those with, with, uh, with minimal facilities, one pool in Canada being an example. Uh, but it may give some insight or information to listeners into the secrets of the success of the chances of winning are that you live in a city with, say, 350 athletics tracks. Obviously you need to update for the different event styles, etc., etc. Uh, I fell asleep uh, during the opening ceremony, so possibly repeating Bruce McAvaney's opening ceremony fun fact for the specific country. Anyway, some food for thought. Oh, it certainly is. It is, isn't it? Certainly it certainly is. They, they obviously did go in under gun because it is, you know, 15 minutes. That's a lot of air time to fill. <clears throat> well, what I'm surprised by is that they didn't have that information that Bruce had at his yeah. fingertips about the French learning, about the law degree, about being smart. That's and right. And he got that all away yeah. in 10 seconds or less. Well, just, they... just briefly here, actually, this comes from Marcello because we're running out of time. He says, uh, isn't it great to see the large number of sports there are at these Olympics? Is it time to add another ring to the logo to reflect the wider variety of sports? Maybe a brown ring. <laughs> Lovely idea. <laughs> and, and I'm just wondering whether the brown ring should have more significance than uh, 
I mean, should that represent all the shooting sports or something like that? Because there's a hell of a lot of them. Well, I think he's going, suggesting more of the your, your pop sports, oh, you know, your okay. BMX, your, yes. your Tudy yes. oh, sports. Okay. Yeah, Tudy and sort of those that might give you a stainage should you come yeah. unstuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're your brown ringers. Now, it is the yesterday and today, I mean, look at the number of Australians involved, half the population of the nation's involved here. Yes. And what I loved was that thing about Canada and how many pools they've got. Yeah. Is Canada's done incredibly well in the swimming. They have. Just a remarkable amount of... They uh, have. That began when Forbes Carlyle went over and started coaching them all those years ago, H.G., the right, great Australian the, coach. The legacy lingers on. The legacy on. lingers on of Forbes Carlyle. God, it's a long time since I've thought of Forbes. And China, of course, you have yeah. to. People are now pointing the finger a little bit at China. I, I suppose they are. I wonder if I Forbes Carlyle met or spoke with Ralph DeBell. I bet he did. <laughs> and uh, another great day of Aussies in action here at Tokyo. And uh, we'll be back with more Dodging Arm again tomorrow. And join us once again when your highway and the Golden Highway intersect. Bye now. Roy, Bruce has just been on the blower. By golly, he's got some news. Poolside, he uh, spoke to the Mayor of Perth. Basil indicated that Emma McKeon yeah. has, wait for it, become Australia's most decorated Olympian in the by winning the 50 metres free. Isn't that incredible? I haven't got a Isn't time yet. Which incredible. Is... I know. Yeah, incredible. Uh, she has been a remarkable... Athlete, a remarkable swimmer for a hell of a long time, H. You. This might be her third games, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it's her third. But games. she's been seen mainly as a team player. Correct. You in know, relays. In relays, she's done incredibly well. They put her in a relay. That relay, generally speaking, will get a medal. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's been that good. But uh, this uh, has given her the opportunity. This games, uh, it's been her time to shine. Dare I say? She stepped out. Of she the, stepped out of the shadows into the light, into the spotlight, yes. and hasn't been found wanting. And could I suggest, HG, that she has a couple of things that identify her right off the bat as being an Aussie? She's classy. And she's dignified. Dignified, yes. And she's a champion. Yeah, and a grin. And she doesn't big note herself. No, and a grin. And a grin. She's, yes. she's got a most engaging grin. Uh, advertisers, sponsors will be flocking around her. She could become the face of... Uh, of uh, uh, a breakfast cereal? Well, yes, or a perfume. Oh, or... right. I was thinking of a, maybe a chocolate-flavoured drink made by Cadbury. Yes, yes, yes. She, she could certainly do that. Uh, or, or fruits. She could become the face of Queensland pineapples, for that, example. Yes. But, With but, the but, 2032 in mind? I suppose so, yes. Mm. Yes, I suppose so. And, and she's 27 now. It'll be three years' time. She'll be 30. She may well have an unfinished business. Why? She may well have unfinished business, HG. And in one of her, she swam, as you point out, anchored the relay. And in yeah. one of those, I think it might be in the 100 metres uh, relay. Yes. Uh, she was the fastest person over 100 metres in any relay ever, I that's think right. that's right. I think that's right. An uh, incredible record. Incredible record. Uh, that, as you point yeah. out, the speed yeah. at which she commits to these things and that's off right. she goes. And, that's uh, right. You know, Could finish. I just suggest, HG, a great Australian. <clears throat> You a know, great Australian. We, I mean, we can talk about the McAvaney medal. Well, but, the McAvaney medal, I was just going to come to that. Could, but, would, could she put a hand up for the McAvaney medal? Or is she putting a hand up for a McEwen medal to be given to <laughs> another great Australian? 
Well, the thing about the McEvaney Medal was historically it's often awarded to people who have suffered. In the media? In the media? Well, in the media. People who have suffered in the media. Uh, you know, sold Like, like Haim, you know, came from nowhere, <laughs> you know. Brother of the boss. Brother, brother of the boss, always living in the shadow. You know, wasn't good at anything, hopeless at everything as a matter of fact, but just found accidentally, you know, when he fell over in a studio, they picked him up and he started talking. 